Good morning, Transformation Church. What's up today? Come on, y'all. Are you guys favored by God this morning? Well, I believe you have a birthright in Jesus. Can you give our online campus a what's up real quick? We love you so much. Thank you for joining in online with us. It is going to be a good day. You can grab your seats. Look at somebody and say, you got a birthright as you grab your seat. Man, come on, don't, don't, don't trade the blessing for a bowl of beans. That could be a whole nother sermon, somebody. And uh, I don't know, I just heard that in my spirit as I got up and I wasn't planning on going in that direction, but I, I, I hope that ministered to somebody today. Shame off of you, not shame on you ever, shame off of you, but the reality is we're not going to trade things for beans, we're not going to sell out for our fleshly desires, we want the favor of God. Uh, we are going to jump into a standalone message today. When you came in, you probably saw our connection tent coming in the lobby, and so hopefully you saw some of the, uh, we got some little football shaped donuts out there for all you that are hungry. And uh, how many of you are, are going, uh, come on, Kansas City, come on, Patrick Mahomes, somebody. Come on, yeah. Praise God. My neighbor, my neighbor's got, I just looked up today and he's got like a Kansas City Chiefs fa- uh, flag flying from his front door. I was like, man, he's trying, I mean, I was like, all right, you're all in, babe. That's good. And uh, so we're excited. We're praying against the goat today. I'm praying that he uh, does not, does not win, that he gets to the fourth quarter and retires in Jesus name without a Super Bowl ring. I know I'm a hater. All right. I'm sorry. Um, real quick, we're going we're gonna to jump into the word. I've got a couple of scriptures for you today. I just want to share about community and, and connection. But I, w- I want to say this. Um, we were in a staff meeting um, on Tuesday and uh, got amazing uh, just conversation and hanging out together. And um, how many of you know it's Black History Month? Come on, an amazing month. Yes. How many know that Black History Month is not one month of the year, it's all year long that we celebrate people and God's kids and, and, and diversity. And, and so I want to say this, we were, we were planning a, a series on love, sex, and dating. Uh, it's called LSD. And, uh, and so, and, and it's going to be a good series. We're going we're gonna to do that somewhere in the year on love, sex, and dating. But as we were sitting in our staff meeting and I, I looked at the team, I said, guys, it's Black History Month. I said, you know, and, and we began this conversation and we said, you know what, all the division that's been in our nation, all the division that's even been in our church to some degree over the last uh, year and just some different things and division in our communities and all that. And I just said, we're going to value every voice and we're not going to hide or shy away from communicating the value of of black history and multicultural uh, uh, church and and a multicultural nation and unity and diversity and and just the value of everybody. And so we had about a two hour conversation. And so this whole entire month, you're going to hear from some amazing communicators from around the country and from our own house and uh, it's going to be an amazing month and we're just going to value all people and and I just want to say uh, our series is going to be called Valued and uh, you're going to hear about our core values from Voices of Value and uh, we want to we want you to know and we want to celebrate as a, a family the diversity of God's people come on I believe that the church should look like every race every color it should look like heaven I always say it come on Jesus was not a white blue-eyed dude come on somebody he was in the Middle East. He was a dark-skinned, you know, brother in the Middle East, you know, and, and the reality is there's been so much divide, um, and I think that uh, we're not going to allow the, the enemy to intimidate us. Um, we are going to stand for a better future. We're going to stand for a united future. We're going to stand for a righteous future in the church, in our city, in our nation, and uh, we're going to believe God, not, not, not some agenda, but the agenda of God's people. Does that make sense? The, the agenda of being unified in the things of God, and so I pray that that you would uh, just be open and keep your heart open this month. And we're believing for great things. Everybody in our church will be judged by the content of their character. And, and anybody in our church has a place in our church from the parking lot to the pulpit. 
And so we're going to believe God to see value communicated into our church this month. And it's not just going to stop throughout this month. It's going to be, you know, every, every background, every color, every creed has a voice. And we're going to continue to see that built. And you have to be intentional. Come on. You've got to be intentional. And that's always been the heartbeat of our church. It's always been part of our heart, part of my heart, part of my wife's heart. And so it'd be easy just, to, you know, with everything that's gone on in the world, just not to say anything. But that's not, I don't think, what God wants us to do. Is that okay? Y'all good with that? Amen. 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 Let's jump into the word. If, you, if you're not good with it, you're like, man, you, you know, you can't, whenever somebody talks about something like that and you're like, you're not good with it, you're like, oh, you can't leave early. Everybody thinks you're the, the weirdo. You know, you can't, you can't do that. You get, if you, if you're not good with it, you're going to sit right there and you're going to smile in Jesus name. Um, no, it, it's going to be a great month. And, and you do not want to miss uh, February the 24th. We're going to move our encounter from the 28th to the 24th. Encounters are amazing. We've been experiencing God at some amazing levels and just the Holy Spirit just, just wiping out the room and, and, and coming in and just really doing some cool things in our life. And we have a communicator coming in from New York City. And it's going to be an amazing night. And so you do not want to miss that encounter. Let's jump into the word real quick. Second Corinthians 2. 14 through 17. Uh, this is what the word says. Paul's speaking. He says, now thanks be to God who always, somebody say always, always. leads us. Somebody say us. us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We are the fragrance of Christ always led in triumph together by God. Our title for today, title, the thought, the theme for this entire day is this. Very simple. It's on the screen. All we do is win. All we do is win. Come on, look at a couple of people and say, all we do is win. Some of y'all are uncomfortable saying that right now because you don't believe it. Some of you are uncomfortable saying it because you're like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. According to the text that we are always led in triumph by God. That we always win. That all you and I do is win. I was, I was jogging yesterday and, uh, and this young man was on, on the road walking and he was on his phone with his friend and I ran up on him and I didn't want to surprise him. So I was kind of, you know, getting in the middle of the road and he looked at me and he's like, he's like, he's like, how you doing? I, I was like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, how you doing? And I'm jogging and it just comes out of me. I'm like, I've been better. <laughs> you know, because I'm dying right here and I can't breathe. <laughs> You know, but, but then the Holy Spirit stopped me. He's like, what do you mean you've been better? What's wrong with you, man? You're alive. You're running. You're breathing. You're winning. You know, all you do is win. I'm like, I'm jogging. And I just thought about so, so often, like the things that come out of our mouth, the things that we just say just naturally, like I've been better. Like, have I? I I meant like, well, I've been in better shape. You know, but, but like from, from my heart, it was like, you know what, there's this, this shift in our mentality and like we've been through a tough year in 2020 and all that. And we're still, oh man, we were out of it, you know, but the reality is it's not about what's happening out here. It's about the mentality in here. All we do is win. All we do is win. Where, where are my competitive people at? Come on, I, I, I'm one of them. I, yesterday, I picked up my son from, uh, from his friend's house and his, mid, his middle school friends, or, well, not middle, not middle school, but he, he, he um, middle school basketball, he's in high school, but there's a middle school basketball game and some of the kids that play on that middle school basketball team, their season's over. And I asked him, I said, how, how did the season end? How, did, the, did y'all win? We won, the season's over. I'm like, well, is there a tournament? And they're like, no, there's no tournament. I'm like, well, what's the point? There's no trophy. There's no tournament. Who won? 
You know, the other day someone in church was explaining to me in our prayer morning, there's this new bike, like a, it's like a pump bike that you can ride. And there's tracks here in town that you ride these pump bikes and you, you go and you get exercise. And I'm like, I was like, do you race them? <laughs> he was like, dude, no, you don't race them. He's like, are you asking like, how can you tell everybody else that you're better than them? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want to win, you know, and I, I think there's something about our heart of, of compet, competing and winning. And the reality is you and I have got to be comfortable and understand that in Christ we win. But hear me, we win together. We, we win in community. It says it even in the scripture that he leads us in triumph, that he leads you and I not. He doesn't. He, Paul didn't say he always leads me in triumph. He says he leads us in triumph. And in in order for you to understand that all you do is win, your perspective actually drives your performance. And you've got to get a perspective on the inside of you that that you're a winner and that your your perspective in God is that you are triumphant. And does that mean we don't have struggles and pressures and sins and failures and victories? No, 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 no. But we are coming from a place of victory always. We're always coming from a place of success and connection and relationship, and I think we win in that. Today, we're going to look at relationships and connection. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about it. It's Connect Group Rally today. There's a tent in the lobby. There's groups all over the, our church of different types of groups. There's freedom groups. There's hiking groups. There's, there's young adult groups. There's uh, uh, college groups. There's guys groups. There's women's groups. There's online groups. Come on, you online people. What's up, online fam? There's online Zoom groups. You can look and sign up for that. There's all types of things. And I really think that we've got to get into connection. God is into us getting connected. People want to connect right now more than ever. Coming out of all the isolation, people need to connect with godly relationships. Think about when you ever have a, when you've had a bad connection in life. Come on, a bad internet connection, somebody, a bad Wi-Fi. How bad? I mean, life, your life is ruined. I mean, you're, some of y'all are getting triggered right now. You know the places. I'm, we're always constantly trying to work on our connection for you so you can get on T, uh, TC Guest and have an experience on, online. You know, If you get a bad phone connection, it's, it's terrible to get a bad phone connection. Some of you will park outside at certain spots in your neighborhood just to get a better connection because you know you're going to drop the phone call when you get into your driveway. You'll do things in your house. You'll stand on countertops. You'll sit in weird rooms just to, just cause, cause when the phone starts going out, come on. I lived in Dallas and had Sprint. It was terrible. You had to climb a, you had to climb a cell tower to talk to anybody. <clears throat> I'm a Verizon guy now. But, 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 but the connection, I mean, the feeling of connection when it's disconnected. You ever missed a plane connection? Oh, yes. Oh. The letdown, the turmoil, the sadness, you, the, the, uh, the, the, the anger, like, man, I can't believe, the sweat from running across, come on, O.J. Simpson going across the, the airport, you know what I'm saying? You remember the commercial, he's jumping over, he's jumping over all types of different, uh, you know, carrying bags and trying to get to the, if you, if, you, if you miss a connection, there's whole boards for connection. Okay, how can I connect? How can I connect? When you miss connection, there's something that's let down, there's something that's, that's disappointed. Let me ask you this. Why are we not that urgent when it comes to godly connection and godly relationships? Why is it that we'll be so urgent and so, so you know, upset or let down when we don't connect with a plane or don't connect on the phone or don't connect with Wi-Fi, but we're not as urgent when it comes to connecting in godly community and relationships? When it comes to circling up and getting into community, we've got to connect. Genesis 2.18. Y'all with me today? Genesis 2.18 says this, and the Lord God said... It is not good that man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper comparable to him. Obviously, we know that he's talking about making his companion, making Eve for him, making community. It's not just a, not just a wife, but making community, making family. God said it's not good for man to be alone, A-L-O-N-E. You can actually divide that and say all one. It's not good for mankind to be all one. It's not good for you and I. We weren't created to be all one. We weren't created to be in isolation. God actually made you and I for community. When Jesus came to the planet and God decided to save you and I, he did it in the form of a baby. He did it in the form of a child being birthed into community. The most, the most dependent, I mean, God becoming the most dependent creature on the planet. I mean, you and I, when we, were, when we were born into the kingdom of God, it was meant to be born into community. God said, I'm going to give you supplemental community to help offset the weaknesses that you carry when you're alone. And we, and we, we want to go at it alone. Come on. Especially sometimes guys. Okay, right now, think of the craziest thing you've ever carried alone. I tried to kick, take a mattress up like three, three stories by myself. It don't work. You know, I, and now like I'm, the older I am, the more I know I need my kids to help me carry stuff, right? And just, you, we try to carry all the groceries alone. Who's a one trip grocery carrier? Anybody? Every finger. Circulation cut off. Your arm is purple. You know what I'm saying? You're getting it, one trip, alone, all one. It's like, we, we have this, this desire to be all, all one and to do it alone. Never meant to live that way. You were never designed for that. Write this down. Isolation is the enemy of transformation. Isolation is the enemy of you, you seeing life change in the kingdom and, and you actually being changed by the things of God. In our society, you know how many suicides went up and the rate of depression and suicide when we were all isolated this last year? And, and, and the reality is... It, it, isolation breeds depression and breeds suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Right now, the number two cause of death from age 15 to 29 is suicide. I mean, that blows my mind. It just, just comes from like just this thought of independence and isolation. 2013, seven out of 10 people were on some type of medication for depression or just to get by day to day. Seven out of 10. That was in 2013. In, in, the, in, in an amazing nation of everything that we, we have offered to us and people are facing more and more this type of isolation and depression and the walls closing. And you ever seen one of those depression medication commercials? It's like, are you depressed? Are you hungry but won't eat? Have you slept for three days? Are the walls closing in on you? Are you depressed? I'm like, I wasn't, but that's a good commercial. I think I am. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's like, it's like everything in this moment of history, like the more isolated we are, the more disconnected we are, the more we end up getting this, uh, just this brokenness and broken relationships, broken thoughts and, and beat up by the enemy. Hear me, when you get isolated, the enemy puts boxing gloves on and just starts pounding your brain and telling you all the lies he can tell you and you have no one there to reinforce who you really are. And I, and I know we have relationships in our families and our spouses, but we need, and we need that. We need godly community around that. You can't do it by yourself. God chose to put you and I in a system that's interdependent, in a family, not being independent, but being interdependent. Human beings are the most dependent people on the planet, creatures on the planet. I mean, look, think about the animal planet. When an animal is born, what, whatever, a giraffe, a horse, what do they do? In two days, it's like, go run. <laughs> Two days, like a, a bird, like pff, out of the nest. I mean, how many days? It's like, can you imagine if we did that to our babies? Like, pff, go run, you know, bye. We don't do that to our kids. It's because we know how dependent we are. It takes years upon years upon years for us to get to a place where we could even function on our own. 
God intended that so that we would be connected in community and connected to one another. And I think it's so important that all we do is win when we're in community, when we're connected. And here's why Satan hates relational connectivity. Listen to me. The very first thing Satan attacks is relational connectivity. He did it in the Garden of Eden. He attacked the family right away and began to split relationships in the family. And the very first sin or, or the very second sin was Cain killing his brother Abel. And so it's, it's Satan attacking relationships and here's why it's this one verse, Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. God's saying there is so much power in relational godly connection. There's so much power in relational connectivity, God shows up in community. A lot of times it's like, well, I'm just following Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. There should be some, some people in your life that you're following that are following Christ. And so community is just looking to one another as an example and going, okay, we're in this together. The devil, I wrote this down. I don't know, I'm not sure if it's on the screen. The devil is afraid of godly agreement. He's afraid of unity. He's afraid of agreement. He's afraid of, 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 of not uniformity. He's afraid of unity. And as we come together in unity, Satan hates that, so he'll do everything he can to keep you and I isolated from each other. And so I think it's important. You saw in our lobby, it's one of the biggest parts of our mission. It's connect groups. And I pray today that you'll leave here and you'll decide, I'm not going to stay isolated I'm not going to hide past the big giant blue tent that's got donuts and banners all flying around and balloons. I'm not going to act like it's not there. You know, I know, I know the word community scares some of you. You hear the word commune. You hear, you hear people laying on the floor and sharing groceries. That's not what connect groups are about. I, I know you've been to a weird one before and some guy talked in a monotone and said things that you didn't care about. You can pick another group, you know, join several in case you don't like one. And I, and I get it, it's just, but, but you've got to step out of your comfort zone and, and get connected. And I'm going to share what connect groups really are to me and I thought about it. Remember the movie, um, The Patriot? Anybody ever watched the movie, The Patriot? Yeah. Come on, that's a good movie, right? Revolutionary War. I've got a gun right here. Listen, I'm going to pull this gun out. It is not real. Well, let me say this. It's an antique. Okay. It will not fire. My wife told me, she's like, you need to give a warning to everybody. And then Chris told me, he's like, some people are going to get triggered and be t typing. Pastor Sammy brought a gun on the platform. You know, this is, this is an, this is an antique. There's, there's nothing in it. And when you see it, you'll know that it's not, this, this is what they used in those, in, in those, in those time frames, right? Come on, Mike's going to help me out. Uh, this is, this is the type of gun. It's a revolutionary. This is a Kentucky rifle. It's a, it's, you know, a 1900s. Uh, and that is, uh, it, what you would do is you would actually, uh, it's called uh, cap and ball. So there was a little, uh, some gunpowder put right there. And then you'd pour gunpowder down this. And then Mike, show them how you load it. You pull that out and you would actually drop a ball down in the, in the, top of that and then you would pack it all down in there with gunpowder and a little swab and a little round uh you know lead ball or iron ball whatever they would load that with they would make those bullets and you carry them in a pouch if you've seen the movies right so so you've got the english army uh bigger army um uh more guns more resources more people you, you'd have the the american revolutionaries and and what would happen when they go to battle they would line up in rows 
They would get shoulder to shoulder like this in rows. And if you've seen the movie and you would begin to march, the people on the front would be down on one knee and they would march into battle. Come on, march with me. <laughs> and they're marching into battle and they're in rows. And then all of a sudden the other army marches out. They're all lined up and they're facing one another. And then, and then you begin to load your rifle. They begin to fire. They fire at you and you just stand there and wait to get killed. And after they fire, you know, it's like in the movies, you, the person standing next to you is like surprised when this dude gets his head blown off. It's like, ah! I'm like, why are you surprised? You're standing in an open field with a bright red jacket, you know, and, and, and you're lined up and you're, you're, you're trying to load the gun as fast as you can. Come on, load the gun. Load it as fast as you can. Now you've got bullets whizzing by your head. There's destruction and mayhem. He's trying to load, and then once he gets loaded, he, Mike, he's dead. Mike's dead. He couldn't even get the gun loaded. Here's the point. Thank you, Mike. Here's the point. He has to, you, the only way you survive is to be lucky and fast. And that's it. And, and here's how those battles were fought. You would put the infantry with the guns, and they would be loading that in a line. They dropped dead. And then after that happened for a while, the archers would come into play, shoot art, shoot arrows. Everybody would drop down dead from that point. And then after everybody is almost dead on the, on the, on the field, what would happen? Then they would run at each other hand to hand and kill the rest of everybody standing. By the end of the battle, there's casualties all across the battlefield. Everyone's dead, lying there. And there's a few survivors picking through whatever and everybody's limping off the field, right? Some people decided, if you watch the movie, and this is where our special forces came from, it's where the Marines, the, the Navy SEALs, the Army, all, all these guys created, Air Force created some special forces. They decided, what if we didn't fight battles in rows? What if we got in groups and we, and we got together and we got each other's back and we began to run through the woods? Come on, we began to figure out how to hide and how to communicate and how to ambush because the enemy has more resources and more weapons and more men and more people. And it feels like we're getting, you know, taken advantage. How, what if we decided to get into to groups and get out of rows? And what's happened, listen to me, what's happened to the church, what's happened to me, what's happened to you, is that we come to church and we get in a row. We go home. We come to church and we get in a row and we go home. We come to church and we get in a row and we go home. We come to church and we get in a row and we go home. We come to church and we get in a row and we go home and we get shot at all week long by the enemy and we got bullet holes in us and we're looking at people dropping on our left and right and we're wondering how did he get hooked up in, 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 in addiction and how did I not know and how did she get hooked up in that and depression and, and suicidal thoughts and I not know and how did, how, how is he an alcoholic and, and how is she still gossiping and still, and, 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 and still messing with how, and how is he and, and, and all week long and we're surprised because we're in rows and we've never made the decision to say what, you know what, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to get out of a row and I'm going to get into a group. And I got my issues and I got my problems and I got my addictions and I got my habits, but, but I'm going to get some brothers and sisters around me that got my back and that lock arms and I'm in a 360 circle with them and somebody's always got my back and I'm not just going to be fast and lucky. I'm going to be in community, somebody. Does that make sense, y'all? And so I just think, I pray today, you would get, a, I'm just trying to give you a picture. The enemy is so good and trying to get us in a row and shoot at us and take us out every week. And we come back into a church that looks like a hospital with all these wounds and all these wars that we face. 
And I promise you, if you'll just make a decision, I'm, I'm leading the connect group this semester myself. It's called Mob, Men of Bible. And uh, we're just going to go and we're going to look at men in the Bible. It's going to be on Thursday nights, I think. We're working it out. My wife's got a connect group with some ladies. And, and there's, there's, there's outreach groups and there's serve groups and there's freedom groups. I see uh, Greg Henson and the Baileys and, 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 and the Holloways. They've, they've led some amazing freedom groups. If you're struggling with some stuff in your life and you're like, man, I need freedom. We have some of the best people that will love you to heaven with freedom and purpose and destiny. And I think this is just a day for you. A day for you to step out of a row and get into a group. And I think it's amazing what God's going to do through it. I'm going to give you four quick thoughts of what connect groups are. Number one, they're relationship over rules. Relationship over rules. I, I was in a great group of guys in Dallas when I lived there. My pastor led it. And can I tell you that I don't remember one Bible study that we did when I was in a connect group with them and for, for three years. Don't remember one lesson they taught. Don't remember anything that they, any scriptures that were quoted, nothing. But do you know I've got four friends out of that group that I remember the nights they prophesied over me. I remember the nights we laid hands on each other. I remember the nights that we were struggling. I remember prophetic words that came forward over my life and, and purpose and destiny. It's relationship, not rules. It's not some list of scriptures that you go and all the rules that you figure out how to follow. No, no, no. All of a sudden you begin to walk in relationship and you begin to not just go to church. You begin to be the church and you begin to get connected. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be one of your friends that we're going to pray about that. We're going to prophesy about that. We're going to hear God's word on that. Remember those four friends of Jesus that yanked the guy, their, their buddy out who was paralytic and he wouldn't go to Jesus. They got him and they put him on a stretcher and took him and dug through the roof. They broke some rules that day, somebody. Come on. They, they dug through a dude's roof and it was because of a relationship. I want people in my life that will dig through some stuff and break some rules to get me to Jesus. Maybe break through some social norms. Hey man, you need to quit acting like that. Maybe, maybe they need to, to ask me some questions about my life and my words and, and my purity or my, my habits. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they need to, I need somebody in my life that cares about me enough. A lot of times we don't ask people because we think someone else is going to. We've got to get into each other's life to another degree and go, okay, God, I need people in my life. And so it's relationship that we have and God begins to build from that. And I think that we have to have relationships and it matters. And the more relationships you have, the healthier you're going to be. Number two, it's intimacy over isolation. Relationship over rules, intimacy over isolation. That you actually begin to be intimate. And when I say intimate, it's just being, being deep in relationship. Look at Colossians 2.7, that, that you would be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving, rooted and built up in him. Look at those words, that you would be rooted. That's intimacy. That's going deeper in relationship. That's digging down under the surface. You're only as healthy as your secrets. You're only as healthy as as deep as you'll go. And we've got a very surface level society. And so you and I, as God's kids, it's like, I'm going to be rooted. Many of us try to get built up before we ever get rooted. Many times you try to try to build up before you dig down. And I promise some of you are trying to dig up, build up in your, in your walk with God and build up in things with God and build up. But God's saying, no, 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 I need you to get rooted first. I need you to dig down and get a little bit deeper. It says that you'd be rooted, that you'd be built up, and then that you would actually be established in the faith. There's a little progression in that scripture. That you'd be rooted, that you'd be built up, that you'd be established, and that you would abound. 
It's a, pro, it's, it's a process and a progress. You're getting rooted first. You're digging down deeper. You're getting some roots in relationship. You're getting real with one another. And all of a sudden from that, now you're being built up in who you're called to be in God. And from that, now you're being established where you actually can't be moved. You can't be wavered. You're, you're fixed and you're, you're in a position that's established. And then from that place of establishment, now you abound with thanksgiving. I think sometimes we get those, those orders out of sequence and then we end up trying to abound before we've ever been rooted and it's impossible to do with the storms that face our life and the winds that come and blow. I know um, you've heard me say this before, but if you study the palm tree, a palm tree, if you ever see those, those newscasts where the palm tree is like laying over on the ground and it's just flattened out and then everything else is destroyed, but the next day the palm trees are right back up and everything's standing. If anybody from Florida, have you ever seen that or anywhere where those storms hit? It's amazing that palm trees can do that. The reason is it's because of the root system. They have this root system and literally however tall the palm tree is, is how deep the roots go. So if the palm tree is 20 feet tall, it's 20 foot deep roots. And, and the palm tree's roots don't stand isolated. They actually intertwine with every other palm tree and root system around it. And so no matter what devastating winds are blown its way, it, gets, it bends over, it doesn't break it, it comes back to life. That's what happens when we get rooted in each other, get rooted in relationship. Whatever's blowing our way, whatever's coming after us, all of a sudden begins to come back and we can come back into what God has for us. And so I think it's important that you would get intimacy and get rooted. Number three, this is a good one for for me because I like to have fun fun over fear fun over fear I think I think when it comes to the things of God we're so fearful all the time and we think we can have no fun anymore and then now I've got saved so now God just saved my personality no he saved your soul like you can have a personality somebody like you know I'm saved now I can't tell a joke I can't laugh I can't have a beer I can't watch the football every day no come on somebody Patrick Mahomes baby in Jesus name <laughs> And, I, and I, I just, I think we can have fun. I think connect groups are supposed to be fun and there's joy and there's food and there's laughter. Proverbs seven twenty two says this, a cheerful heart is good medicine. That's better than some good drugs right there. That's better than the things that you might be thinking that are gonna, you're gonna need to have a cheerful heart. It says literally like this heart that, that God gives you from laughter and joy and relationship. Uh, sometimes you get saved. You ever met that person that turns everything to Jesus? Everything. I went on the lake this weekend. Jesus walked on water. <laughs> I love the snow. Jesus made snow, but never saw any. You know, I don't know. It's just like every conversation, like turn back to Jesus. Don't listen. Don't be that person. It kills the conversation. Have fun. Enjoy life. Talk about life. Talk about things you enjoy. Just yes. Amen. I mean, yes, we love God. And this isn't a license to go out and do whatever you want. You're smarter than that. There's boundaries and there's blessings and there's things, but, but have fun, fun over fear. As our connect groups gather together, man, there's laughter and there's fun and there's joy. God is not a cosmic killjoy. I think it's important for us to enjoy life. Number four and the last one, application over information. Connect groups are application over information. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, listen to this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them and goes to the connect table, and signs up and steps out of their comfort zone gets out of a row gets into a group to fight the enemy in this hour that we need each other in the earth I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
Sand is on the surface, rock is down deep. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on the house and it fell. The great was its fall. Those who hear and do, those who hear and do. Listen, the power's not in me. Like the power's not in the pastor. The power is in you. The power's in you to gather together and to decide I'm gonna get out of a row and I'm gonna get into a group and, and I'm gonna feed on the word of God and I'm not just gonna come listen to one dude all week. My job is just to spark your interest, just to spark your, your intrigue in the word and to get you go out and digging into the word and getting into relationships. My job is to keep you from praying small, uh, s- s- little prayers and to, and to keep you from dreaming small, little dreams. I love that word you gave today, Chris, that we gotta believe for more, that there's more for our life. And there's more in your prayer life. There's bigger prayers and bigger dreams you need to ask God. But it only happens when you go out and you connect. And I think that there's this level of of connection today that you actually can put some things into action, not just hear it, but actually do it. That you can decide, you know what? I'm going to step out into some things God has for me. I'm going to get out of a row. I'm going to get out of a row. And I'm going to get into a group. I'm going to close and I'm going to pray for you. Think about this. You know when babies are isolated? Do you know they say that if a child is isolated from the time it's born for a certain amount of time and they put it in isolation, you know its conscience doesn't even form? That it it actually doesn't form the identity of understanding who it actually is. the, The consciousness or the conscience in the child doesn't form. And and here here's what you need to know. That's why Satan wants to keep you isolated today. Because he knows if you get around a group of people that can pray God's word and walk God's word and walk God's life with you, that you'll actually begin to be conscious of who you are in God. That you'll actually begin to understand, man, I'm a child of God. I've got the favor of God on my life. All I do is win. All I do is win in community. All I do is win with a group of people around me. All I do is continue. Even though I fall one time, I get up seven times because I got people around me to pick me back up. Even though I feel isolated at times, I'm not going to stay in that boat because I'm going to form and believe and I'm going to have people call me up to who God's called me to be. Come on, don't allow the enemy to keep you isolated. Satan hates community. He, he, he's, he's, listen, Satan's fine for us to gather like this. He, he, he's okay as long as we stay in a row. As long as we go out, and as long as we don't connect, he'll keep shooting at us all day long. But if we come in here and make a decision, you know what? I'm going to get into a group of relationships. I'm going to see God do some things in my life. I promise you, you're going to be stronger. You're going to figure out who God's called you to be. We're going to call each other up to it. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, God, for godly relationships. Thank you for just connection. Thank you for uh, the ability and the, and the privilege of worshiping and, and being in relationship with you first and foremost. Lord, we can do nothing apart from a relationship with you. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to live in a row that we can actually get into a group of connection and relationships with each other. Lord, I pray today that somebody that might have been intimidated, maybe they've had a bad experience and Maybe, maybe someone's been hurt like all of us by relationships. Everybody's been hurt by certain relationships, Father. So I pray today you would take down the walls that we've built up or take down any walls that individuals have built up or any, any, anybody that's guarding their heart from loving again or getting into a relationship again. I pray, oh God, that you would heal that today and you would give them the strength and boldness and give them the faith to step out and to step into something new in this season of their life. I thank you, God, for wisdom today. And and Lord, I pray that every person would be directed to the right group and the right friends and the right circle. And Lord, we would not stay in rows. 
I pray right now just supernaturally that there would be godly connections and, and godly prophetic connections, God, where destiny would be formed today and dreams would be realized today because of something that's in someone else, some group that carries the answer to someone's prayer. There's freedom in groups, Lord. There's relationship in groups. There's freedom from, from isolation and depression and suicidal tendency. There's, there's dreams inside of different groups today, God. There's ministries and, and mandates and callings, God. This isn't, we're not called to sit in rows. We're called to go out as an army into our city, connected to one another with the power and purpose of your spirit today, God. We thank you, Lord. If you're in this place, let me just take one more second. The greatest community and family you could be a part of is the family of God. Maybe you found your way in here today and it's not by accident, but you say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not in the family of God. I've never given my life to Jesus. The Bible says the way to come into the family of God for God to be your father and you to be forgiven of sins and be given brand new life and raised to new life is by accepting Jesus, just saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. If you're watching online, maybe you need a fresh start with God today. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, you know what? I need to be in the family of God. I need a fresh start with God. No one's gonna look around. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you forward. I'm just gonna ask you in a minute to slip your hand up. If you're online and you need a fresh start with God, just type it into the chat to say, I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Every week we give people an opportunity to say, I need a fresh start, God. I need you in my life today, God. I, I want a brand new start. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my leader. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. If you give your life to Jesus, that's it, that's that simple. Just say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my leader. You get a fresh start in God. No one looking around. If that's you, if you say, Pastor, I want to be in the family of God. I want to be connected to the family of God. That's through Jesus. I need, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Would you just put your hand up to me and let me pray for you? Anybody in here? I need a fresh start this morning with God. Come on, God bless you, sir. I need a fresh start with God. I'm ready to surrender to him this morning. Anybody else? Awesome. Come on, church, I wanna pray with you. We can pray together, just extend your faith right now. Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe you came to this planet. I believe you died for me. You died for all my mistakes, my sin, my failure. You nailed it to that tree and you rose from the dead to give me brand new life, to give me a fresh start. I receive a fresh start today. Be my Lord and be my leader in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll see you at the tent.